Greetings and welcome to Soundography, a crash course in music, one band at a time. I'm Brian Ibbett. And I am crawling. Oh, are you? Are you are you screaming or rapping? <laughs> I'm probably screaming. I'm not much a of a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only rapping I do is at Christmas time. Yeah, a little Christmas rapping. Sure. Yep. Nice. Yeah, that uh, might be a hint. I don't know. Is it a hint of uh, the band we're talking about today? The band is Linkin Park. This Here's a great example of kind of my my equivalent of your crowded house, right? I know I know a handful of hits and I know nothing else, no other songs. I didn't even know about the different phases of the band, of the different sound um, genres that they dip their toes into. But I really enjoyed this week. I'm surprised how much I enjoyed this week. For me, I, I there was a certain point when I stopped kind of, I kind of fell off the bandwagon kind of. And it was mm-hmm. like after the second or third album. But going back and rediscovering those and learning about the new stuff, I had a fantastic week as well. This was a lot of fun. Let's get into it. Let's talk about their history and their uh, discography. This is a band that was founded in California by three people who were high school friends, Mike Shinoda, Rob Burden, and Brad Delson. After high school, they recruited Joe Hahn, Dave Phoenix Farrell, and Mark Wakefield. And this version of the band was called Zero with an X. Zero. So zero with an X. You mean Xerox? No, at the front, not the back. I know. In 1996, they started working with their limited budget and equipment to record a four-track demo. And they released the Zero demo the next year in 1997. Wakefield left the band to follow other opportunities. And Farrell also left to tour with Tasty Snacks, hey, also with an X, a Christian punk and ska band. Next season on Soundography, Tasty Snacks. Pick it up for Jesus. Pick it up for Jesus. Pick it up for Jesus. <laughs> it took some time to find a new singer, but Chester Bennington was seen as a standout and pulled into the group. They changed their name from Zero to Hybrid Theory and released another demo in 1999. And and the chemistry between Chester and Mike brought a whole new energy to the material they'd done and the material they were doing. I believe it. It just sounds like Chester is such a powerful singer. I mean, he is a powerful singer or was a powerful singer and... and um I can't see how a voice like that couldn't add a whole extra level to the band. After being signed to a development deal, they changed their name to Linkin Park. The record company was skeptical about the rap rock style, but they held true to themselves. Farrell returned to the band, and later that year, they released Hybrid Theory, officially using the name. 2000 album called Hybrid Theory sold more than 4.8 million units in the first year of its release. Crawling and One Step Closer were released as singles. They also had songs appear on the horror classic Dracula 2000, the masterwork Little Nicky, and Valentine. I love it when I can do that with movie theater t- uh, movie titles. You, it always surprised me because I don't read ahead. And <laughs> if I, if I did, you know, I'd crack up. <laughs> they set up their own tour with Cypress Hill, Edema, and Snoop Dogg, and that tour was documented in the 2001 DVD called Frat Party at the Pancake Festival. Mm, sounds good. And Hybrid Theory is now listed in the RIAA's top 100 albums of all time. In 2002, they released Reanimation, a remix album, and featured Black Thought, Jonathan Davis, and many others. I love that 
that addition because it's not just these kind of like, all right, well, we took the song and remixed it. No, it really, they really brought some new stuff to that, new stuff to the um, the material that made them into new songs as opposed to just remixes. It was almost like a re-envisioning and not just remixing. It was like they took yeah. the parts and stuck them in a Etch-a-Sketch and shook them all up and poured them out. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, in the end, Live and Rare EP was released in 2002. And while on tour, they worked on new material in a studio that they had set up in the bus. Uh, some of that new material was 2003's Meteora. When released, it shot to number one in the U.S. and U.K. and number two in Australia. It sold 800,000 copies in the first week. They released Somewhere I Belong, Breaking the Habit, Faint and Numb as singles. The making of Meteora DVD shortly after the album was released. They went on another major tour with Mudvayne, Blindside, and Exhibit. And Metallica invited them to join on the Summer of Sanitarium Tour in 2003. Once again, Metallica uh, knighting a band to open for them that would go on to big things. Yeah, kind of giving them the golden touch, right? Kind of like... uh, Worked out so well. Live in Texas 2003 was released to document their show in Texas. Yeah, said it right there. Again, they were nominated one Rock Video of the Year and Viewer's Choice. At this point, the band started working on some side projects. Chester was on DJ Lethal's State of the Art, and he worked with Dead by Sunrise. Mike went over and worked with Depeche Mode. And Collision Course with Jay-Z 2004 was released. This featured remixes and intermixed lyrics and background tracks from the last two albums. Fort Minor was a project Shinoda did with Jay-Z to much acclaim. In 2006 at the Grammys, they again performed with Jay-Z. Numb and Encore won the Grammy for Best Rap Sung Collaboration. Paul McCartney joined them and added verses from yesterday. And then once again went on the road with Metallica. Nice. Dance with what brung you. Yep. <laughs> then dance with the date what brung you. It's funny. The they could have gone on tour with Jethro, Jeth- Jethro Tull if they'd been touring at that point. <laughs> if only. You mean the <laughs> the uh, heavy metal uh, the billboard artist or the uh, Grammy winning billboard artist? Anyway, uh, 2007, that was a joke that really I stumbled all over the place. <laughs> finally just, I finally just kicked it <laughs> into the street. Is what you I did. hit eject and just walked away. I did, exactly. I <laughs> turned both keys and just left, left the room. 2007, they released Minutes to Midnight. The album's title is a reference to the Doomsday Clock. It sold 625,000 copies and topped the charts. And it, feels like, it felt like to me like a, uh, a concept album. Um, I'm not sure if it was, but it, it felt like it to me, and, and I never really did any research to see if it was. Uh, what I've done was the first single. And 
it was also used in the legendary 2007 film Transformers. <laughs> you did it to yourself this time. Bleed It Out, Shadow of the Day, Given Up, and Leave Out All the Rest were additionally released as singles from this album. And it was around this time they worked with Buster Rhymes, who released We Made It. A making of the album DVD was also produced, and Road to Revolution Live at Milton Keynes 2008 was released on CD and DVD combo. In 2008 also, they released iTunes Live from Soho, that was an EP, and another EP the same year, Songs from the Underground. While they worked on their new album, they also collaborated with Hans Zimmer on the score for Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Before the release of the album, they released an app in the Apple App Store, a game called 8-Bit Revolution. The members of the band were unlockable characters, and it featured another new song that could be also unlocked. And that song was added as an iTunes exclusive bonus track on the album. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. I wonder if that's still available in the App Store. Sometimes those things disappear if they don't maintain their developer license. Or if they get outdated. They get outdated by software updates. Right, incompatible. Yeah, right. Uh, in 2010, they released A Thousand Sons. I really like this album. Catalyst was the first single. Once again, they released a making of the album DVD. Waiting for the End and Blackout were also released as singles. They were nominated for six Billboard Awards, but unfortunately, they didn't win any of them. Uh, compilation album A Decade Underground was released in 2010 also. And A Thousand Sons, Puerta de Alcala EP was released in 2011. This is another live CD-DVD combo. Uh, they also appeared at the iTunes Festival in London 2011. And they really brought it to the iTunes exclusives. They must have really bought hard on the iTunes golden nugget. Ecosystem? Yeah, no kidding. 2012, they released Living Things. Burn It Down, Lies, Greed, and Misery, and Powerless were released as singles. And you held it all, but you were careless to let it fall. Yeah, another making of DVD was released. Powerless was available, or I'm sorry, was able to secure a spot on the much sought after soundtrack to the seminal film, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Oh, thank you, Hammond. <laughs> Castles, of, <laughs> Castles of Glass was also released as a single. 2012 also saw the release of Stage Light Demos and a studio collection, uh, digital box set collecting their works from 2000 to 2012. The next year, another remix album, uh, Recharged in 2013, and uh, this time featuring songs from Living Things remixed. And then A Light That Never Comes was uh, released in 2014. This was a remix ZP with Steve Aoki. 2014 saw the release of Hunting Party. Guilty All the Same was the lead single, single from this album.
And they said this album was going to have more of a 90s rock feel to it. Definitely did. Uh, Yet another making of DVD was released. And uh, Hunting Party featured Rakeem, Paige Hamilton, Tom Morello, we've talked about him, and Darren Malikane as guest artists. And they, again, toured with Metallica and the Kings of Leon and Iron Maiden. Two of those make sense. Kings of Leon is a surprise because I always think of Kings of Leon as just more of a alternative rock band and not kind of the heavier stuff like these guys with with Metallica and Iron Maiden. What's scary is like Iron Maiden guys are old enough to be their grandfathers. No, it's really weird to <laughs> tour with the bands that are like super old. Although, you know, I just, I'll, I'll talk about this here. I did just see Duran Duran a couple of days ago and their opening acts were uh, Niall Rogers, who was major, I mean, you know, major record producer and writer who also produced a lot of Duran Duran's older, older stuff. And he had a disco band in the seventies called Chic that did the songs La Freak and Good Times and then Bastille. And I'm picturing like Bastille running around with all of these old people on, on you know, on this tour. It's like, it just feels like, who are, the, who are these young kids? Uh, Lincoln Park also played BlizzCon in 2015. Sadly, this was the year I missed BlizzCon or else I would have loved seeing it. From 2001 to 2015, they released a series called Underground to their fan club members. 2017, they released One More Light, Heavy. Dragging around what's bringing me down If I just let go, I'd be set free Holding on Why is everything Featuring Kiara was the first single from this one. And it's not an homage to uh, Phil Collins, as I had h- once hoped. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one more light. Yeah. Uh, it was the first time they had featured a female vocalist. And I loved that. I loved the addition of that softer edge to the harder stuff. It was a very cool, cool combination. Sadly, on July 20th, 2017, Chester Bennington committed suicide by hanging. Uh, The band had released a video for Talking to Myself earlier that day. Oh man, rough stuff. Bennington had performed Hallelujah at Chris Cornell's funeral just two months earlier. And Cornell's daughter had performed a song with One Republic as a tribute to Chester. Yeah, it's crazy. The, um, the the path that that song because Cornell recorded a cover of it. Obviously, it's Leonard Cohen's song. We you know we didn't mention that, but we've talked about Leonard Cohen on the show here. And sadly, how much use that song has gotten recently in tributes and things. The Lincoln Park and Friends tribute to Chester Bennington was over three hours long and streamed live on YouTube. One more light live 2017 was released, containing footage from the final tour with Chester. In 2018, the band was presented with the George and Ira Gershwin Lifetime Musical Achievement Award at UCLA. In 2020, the band released She Couldn't. It was originally recorded in 1999 and released along with the 20th anniversary edition of Hybrid Theory. And in 2023, the band started teasing the 20th anniversary release of Meteora by releasing an unreleased demo of Lost. They had to find it first. Yes. (laughs) 
There's no, I'm not even adding to that joke because it was so good. It was just, that's all I need. That's all it needs to be. <laughs> Tell me some statistics and general notes about uh, Linkin Park. Well, they appeared on a ton of soundtracks. Uh, we mentioned Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. We mentioned 8-Bit Revolution and the soundtrack to Maul. They also appeared on the ECW Volume 2, OzFest 2001, the Family Values Tour compilation, the Live Earth concert, concert the Underworld Awakening soundtrack. Ooh, Underworld Awakening. That's one of those movies. It is, yeah. Uh, FIFA 11 <laughs> uh, and Pro Evolution Soccer 2015 and 2018 soundtracks. They they won the Grammy for Best Hard Rock Performance. Uh, luckily, Jethro Tull was not, did not release an album that year. Uh, they also won Video of the Year for In the End, and they donated their time to fundraising events for Hurricane Charlie and Katrina. In 2004, they helped with the efforts for the tsunami relief in the Indian Ocean. Yeah, do you think, uh, I know that they, they're releasing, they're in the process of releasing these old unreleased tracks and remasters and stuff like that. Do you think that this band goes on without Chester? Do you think that they get a new vocalist and, and kind of go the um, the journey route? Or I don't, or do you think they I don't think so. I think, I think they might, they might write out the anniversary releases and maybe do other projects separately or maybe even do something together as but under a different name but i kind of mm-hmm. think that the lincoln park part of their their time is done just that's my assumption yeah. and i could be way off but i just kind of a feeling that i mean that really has a tendency to take the uh the air out of sales oh for sure yeah, exactly. And then then you've kind of got, you've got the fans who are like, yeah, we want to hear what the new sound is like, but then you've got the ones that, that kind of feel like, oh, dudes, you should have packed it in. I mean, the the Joy Division switch over into New Order, I think, is a good way to do it. You just, you just start over fresh as a new band, even taking on a new sound and, and new vocals, and you treat it as a completely new thing instead of, instead of continuing with the old. All right, let's say you get to see uh, Linkin Park in concert. What is the song that you think that you're guaranteed that you're going to be hearing? Hammond, what are our choices? I picked One Step Closer, Crawling, Points of Authority, but my main choice, the one that I think it is, is In the End. Yeah, I think it's a good choice. I mean, I think uh, Numb somewhere on that in that top list as well. But uh, let's take a look at artist statistics. And absolutely, In the End is... Uh, Actually, interesting. There's a tie for most played songs, which I don't think we've seen before. Very uh We've seen ties for lower numbers, like, like for lower two numbers, and three, never, five, that kind yeah. of stuff, but not number one. Not number one. So number one uh, is a tie between In the End and One Step Closer, which oh. you have on the list as well. Look at me. Number three is Paper Cut, uh, followed by Crawling, Faint, Points of Authority, Numb, What I've Done, Bleed It Out, and Breaking the Habit. And I'll say this now. I put Bleed It Out on my list, and I don't care. 
That's totally fine. <laughs> I I think there was one that I did look and see that it was uh, it was a hit, and I took it off my list. But for the most part, it was. Um, I just said, I'm, I'm doing whatever I need to do to get, uh, <laughs> get these out, <laughs> get stuff on this list. Not that I didn't enjoy it, but if I like something, I really want to put it on there. Their highest uh, performed cover, uh, they've done it 39 times, or they did it 39 times in concert, was Wish, originally by Nine Inch Nails. Hmm. They've also covered uh, Just Like Heaven by The Cure, My Own Summer by Deftones, Darker Than Blood, which is uh, one of the things they do with Steve Aoki, but Rolling in the Deep. Oh, I've heard their cover of Rolling in the Deep. And umbrella. Anyway. So um, I was just thinking, do you remember when we did Hollywood Undead and they have like the song uh, Been to Hell and they have that guy who kind of was impersonating Chester? Yeah, he wasn't doing yeah, a bad doing impersonation the, of it, but he was doing one. But it was it was blatant. Yeah. Yes. I'm wondering if, if they were ever going to do anything, they might rope him in. So kind of like the... The journey thing. I'm trying to think of the guy's name, Pineda. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying it'd be yeah. permanent. I'm just saying it could be featuring, uh, you know, but I, that's the only person I can think of off the top of my head who has a similar kind of delivery. Yeah, that's possible. Or do you just go with a whole new sound? I think, I think you'd, I frankly think you'd just rename the band to, I don't know, uh, Washington Park and <laughs> Central Park. Yeah. <laughs> Central Park. There we go. And, uh, and, and, and just tr- to crank out even stuff that might sound the same, but it's just not the same yeah. because it's not the same. It's not the same without exactly. Him. That's why I think that's why I think you go with a new style of vocalist and yeah. don't necessarily try and tread the same water. I don't know. I don't know. We actually love to hear what you think. Let us know in the comments. And uh, uh, how would you, you know, if you were the band, would you continue on? Would you do something new? If you all liked playing with each other, let me rephrase that. <laughs> if you, if as a band you wanted to continue playing together. Then, uh, <laughs> all right. So now we're going to talk about covers. Uh, this is where we each pick a song. We'd love to hear the band cover and put into their style. I'm going to start. Uh, my pick is run like hell by Pink Floyd. I, I wrestled around with a bunch of different Pink Floyd songs because I feel like that very typical style for Lincoln park, which is the rap going into the, the sing, screamy sing of uh, uh, choruses is very fits very much in with the David Gilmore, Roger Waters style. And for the longest time I had comfortably numb on here that it was like, Oh, I'd really like to hear the, um, them do comfortably numb. And then I thought, wait, they've already got a song called numb. There's no way they'd ever do a cover of comfortably numb, even, even no matter how perfect it is. But I decided to go with another one from the, uh, the wall album, which was run like hell, which I think is a better choice for them. It's a, a heavier song, which fits perfectly with the style of the rest of the band. And then you do rap stuff for the the Roger Waters vocal bits. And then the Gilmore bits, you do the singing. And um, it'd be right in the Lincoln Park wheelhouse. It would be a perfect fit for their style. Okay, I have a question for you before I talk about mine. Now, we, yes. we your, your dislike of uh, the screamy kind of vocal delivery yeah. is very well documented. Yeah. It is. And yes. up to and including the cover I sent you of our oh, Conquer Divides so, Bad Boys. 
it was so good up until that one moment. Yeah. So how did you how did you swallow this? This week? isn't this isn't that same kind of scream singing that I hate. There's this cookie monster thing that that um is very different to me than the in the end it doesn't so even it's a, it's a difference between anger and angst it's it's a difference between melodic and not okay all right really. yeah, yeah yeah i think chester's vocals when he sings sing screams was still melodic and still brought something to the song whereas i think the the Cookie Monster style. Well, it is kind of atonal by nature. I, that is a problem it I is. have with it. I, it's a problem I have with it yeah. too. Yeah, exactly. And it just sounds, there's no way to put any sort of unique flourish to it because you're all basically just making the same sound when they yeah. do that. All right, Hammond, what, what song would you like to have heard uh, Linkin Park cover? One of my all-time favorite songs, uh, and it's not Eye in the Sky. It is uh, One Night <laughs> in Bangkok from Chess, the musical. Uh, originally performed yeah. by Murray Head, famously performed by Mike Tyson. <laughs> In the landmark seminal film, <laughs> The Hangover Part Two. <laughs> In the hybrid theory days, if they had done this yeah. song, that whole rap rock thing, and with the singing for the choruses, just like One Night in Pangok did, would be absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah, that's a interesting i really like that actually it's an interesting an interesting take because it would absolutely turn the song on its ear as far as tone uh-huh. right like it would be <laughs> it would go from being this you know this this we can this call it we can call it a milk toast we can call it a milk toast rap song because it is oh yeah i don't think it's it doesn't have any aspirations of of making people think it's a rap song though like it's a yeah, it's like uh, it'd be like calling "Hey Saint Peter" by Flash in the Pan a rap song just because the guy talks through it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very similar, by the way. <laughs> if, you ever, if you if you know uh, "Hey Saint Peter," uh, it's very like Murray or the 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 Chess Boys because I know they wrote that. The the uh, the two B's in ABBA, Bjorn and Benny. Uh, Benny, if they weren't influenced. By Flash in the Pan, hate Saint, hey Saint Peter. When they wrote that, I'd be amazed. But I think the having that take on it really would would add something new to the anger behind that match, that chess match mm-hmm. that uh, is featured in that that second act. Um, it would it would that second act. Yeah, it would it would lead the second off with something that no one ever would forget. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Very cool take. I like it, Hammond. Thanks. I like it a lot. Uh, you know, before we get to uh, the playlist, Hammond, uh, how are you doing? I noticed you, you're doing so much editing. I know you do the notes for our show every week, and thank you for doing that. It gives me, it makes it really easy for me to have something to read. But uh, <laughs> you doing all right, keeping up with all that stuff? You know, sometimes I mean, it's been a busy year for both of us. But for me, you know, I've yeah. been I've been really dealing with a lot of stuff because of shows and outside of shows, and it's been tough for me yeah. to stay focused and kind of on task because there's just so much, so many things pulling me in so many different directions. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, we're always, you and basically when you work for yourself, it's like you're always like, okay, got to do this. I got to take this on. Oh, yeah, I have to do this. And, of course, you've got just your regular daily life that you've got to keep up with. Let me tell you what I've been uh, trying out lately. It's a little shot called Magic Mind. Magic Mind, uh, these little shots that you take. It's like a little vial. You get a bunch in a in a in a box or you, uh, on a subscription, or you're going to be able to get them at Sprouts here pretty soon. Well, that's that's nice because that's great because that means if I run out, I can run go get some. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you don't have to wait for something to get shipped. It's uh, like a little matcha shot. It matches not the only thing in there, but it uh, with me, it just makes me feel. 
focused and and centered and less prone to distraction. And I'm very easily prone to distraction, uh, so, as you as you've heard all episode long. Right? How where, when do you take it, or how often do you take I, it? I take it in the morning. One one shot in the morning. I usually have it with my coffee, so I basically keep um, the the little uh, vials right next to my uh, where I keep my coffee cup, and basically as soon as like. I'm pouring my coffee. I take the little shot and uh, and then I'm good to go. Then I remember to do it every morning and then I'm having my coffee, which obviously has got my little caffeine boost. But it's the combination of that and then some other things that they've got in there. I mentioned the matcha or matcha. They've also got um, ashwagandha, which is... Uh, I'm going to read this because I don't know this off the top of my head, but it's an adaptogen that reduces stress and anxiety. I need, I need a lot of that in my life. Yeah, I know, especially this time of year. But kind, I mean, you know, like I said, we always take on all, all way too many things. So um, this ashwagandha is really, really good for that. Um, and then the matcha is there. I keep focusing on the matcha because it tastes, it basically makes this this thing that um, you might be afraid to try it makes it taste really good. It doesn't even taste, it doesn't taste botanical or it doesn't taste like you're drinking something that does all these things. Like an energy drink, you know, energy yeah, drinks yeah. are like that, that's, candy. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the thing that I, I I found with a few of these other kind of, these kind of products and why I stay away from them. Because yeah. it always just feels like you're drinking a big mouthful of chemicals. For sure. Yeah, no, this tastes, you taste like you're drinking a little shot of uh, matcha and uh I love that stuff, so I'm all over it. Plus, it doesn't make me feel all jittery and twitchy like like canned energy drinks and, and things like that. <laughs> I'm laughing yeah. because I had an experience where I had uh, a certain uh, certain energy drink, and I like had three of them back to back, and yeah. I kind of had an anxiety attack, and I hated that feeling. Yeah. So. Yeah, you feel like your heart is just a pound <laughs> out of your chest with some of those. Yeah. And the sugar is not good for you either. It's, yeah. You know. Not, not great. Yeah, we're both, um, we're both of a certain age. We need to start taking care of ourselves. All right. Well, let me give you a link to this, Hammond, so you can check it out. It's called Magic Mind, magicmind.com. And this is, you know, to all the listeners who are in here listening to our private conversation about this sort of thing. Um, it's uh, magicmind.com slash sound. And what's cool is you get a... Uh, uh, you get a code too. This is for anyone who wants to try it. Get a subscription with up to 50% off by using the code SOUND20, uh, S-O-U-N-D-2-0. And it's magicmind.com slash sound. So and, even, um, if I were, yeah. even if I were kind of hesitant, I'd have to try it with that kind of discount. I'd be, I'd be an idiot not for to. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And if you're really, you know, if you're really like, I don't want to commit to like a bunch of bottles, Listen, they're uh, starting next month. They're going to find them in Sprouts, uh, Sprouts Farmers Market stores all around the country. So you can go get a bottle there, try it, see how you feel. Although for me, I didn't notice the effects from it until about three days in. That's when my when my um, experience with like I was able to focus. Scott was even commenting it on TMS. Like I seemed really like quick with uh, <laughs> jokes and responses and stuff. But so For him uh, to notice, that's a big deal because you guys talk all the time. So he knows your rhythms. He knows my rhythms and he knows when I'm on or if I'm feeling down, sometimes I get a text from me. Hey, you doing all right? And it's like, yeah, just feeling really stressed and anxious today. Guess what? He hasn't asked me that in, in, in over uh, a week because of this stuff. <laughs> so so uh, magicmind.com slash sound if you want to go check it out. And then use the coupon code SOUND20 to get up to 50% off. I'm on it. 
right, let's talk about our playlist. This is where we uh, we put together a few songs that you can pair up nicely like a fine wine with the Greatest Hits album and have yourself a, lish, a delicious musical meal. I will start with mine. The first of mine comes from uh, 1,000 Sons or 1,000 Sons, and it's Robot Boy. This was an era. This was a God. The, this this phase of Lincoln Park. I really, really enjoyed. Um, what is the third album after Hybrid Theory, Meteor, and Minutes to Midnight? Really, really enjoyed A Thousand Suns. And Robot Boy is a song that I've added to my cycling play, sec, play <laughs> playlist because it is so kind of perfect for that building up. You know, getting up your energy to go up a mountain or something. Really, really good building song. The next one does come from the aforementioned Minutes to Midnight. It is The Little Things Give You Away. And six feet underwater, I do. You know that I like a slow burner with some good lyrics, and this one fits the bill just perfectly. That was uh, another another really enjoyable album for me. Uh, Castle of Glass from Living Things is my third pick. Fly me up on a silver way Past the black where the sirens sing Warm me up in the Nova's glow And drop me down to the dream below Cause I'm old This, again, this was a nice like genre change or genre addition for the band, adding all these electronic additions uh, to their sound. And for me, there were a couple Muse uh, songs that reminded me of Muse, and this was one of them, mm -hmm. Castle of Glass. Mark the Graves on Hunting Party. No trace of what remains No stones to mark the graves Only memories we thought we could deny So maybe this album I didn't enjoy quite as much as the other ones, um, but I really did like this song. It really stood out, too, among the other stuff in this album. Um, and it's really not, you know, that that album was bad. It just was that style from the first album that I felt like, all right, they've they've done this and they've done it very well. Give me something new. But this song, Mark the Graves, was a diamond in the rough for me. And then the last one is a song we've talked about a lot, One More Light, the title track. We saw brilliance when the world was asleep There are things that we can have But can't keep I'm sure it's a single. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> because of the emotions that this thing stirs up when you listen to it, knowing, thinking about Chester's uh, suicide and the the uh, grief around that and the emotions that he must have been going up, uh, going against before doing that, that thinking about the lyrics of the song with that is just, Oh my God, it's heart wrenching. Yep. And I couldn't, I couldn't not think about it. 
All right, Hammond, what about yours? What you got? All right, so I think the first, I'm fairly certain that the first Linkin Park song I ever heard was Points of Authority uh, off Hybrid Theory. And it has such a intrinsic memory to me when I was working in uh, theater that every time I hear it, I feel like I need to grab a hammer and a saw and start building flats. <laughs> but on top of all that, it's just a really awesome song. It brings in heavy electronic rap, rock, you know, regular clean singing, some yelling. I mean, it covers so much ground and it gives you such a palette of talent that these, these guys were going to launch and take over the world with over the next few years. And it, it still hits me every time I hear it when I'm like mowing the lawn or whatever, it still hits me as a very unique and, and amazing combination of sounds. The second one is Don't Say from Meteora. Sometimes I need to remember just to breathe. Sometimes I need you to stay away from me. Sometimes I'm in disbelief. The vocal textures in this one is what hit me. The, the layering of the vocals and the different deliveries and the way it was just mixed and and brought together really gave each vocalist their own room and it gave the song a lot greater kind of width when you listen to it because they put in so much individuality into the lines the next one was uh my single that i picked and i don't care it's called bleed it out from uh, midnight I know this is a single, but this absolutely is my favorite Linkin Park song. And it's catchy. It's fun. You just want to get up and bounce. Rock concert movement number three to it all day long. <laughs> nice Blue Man reference. Though. Well done. <laughs> uh, my fourth one was Burning in the Skies from uh, the Suns album, Million Suns, A Thousand Suns. I use the Different feel and mood than we're used to with them, but it shows they're way more than just a rappy yelling group song. People, yeah, and that's one that I that's one that I picked as well. well I was going to pick as well, and then I realized you already had it in your list, <laughs> and like, you put uh, a smiley face, damn it, next to it. I did. It's like, <laughs> damn it, Hammond. But when I smile, when I put the smiley, it's like that's my way of saying don't change it. If you're if you're even thinking about changing it, don't. But if I don't put the smiley face. That you, means I you put a period. You to pick if you put a period, else. it means it's going to get real. Yeah, exactly. It means it means start looking for something else. <laughs> <laughs> start looking for mall cops. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. All right. Then my last one is "Lost in the Echo" from Living Things.
This feels like a hybrid theory song, but way more mature, way more uh, advanced with way more history and, and talent and time behind it. And it was, it was, it was interesting hearing that kind of sound and, and delivery, but after years of doing the job and it was a cool take on it. Yeah. That was a revisit of their original sound, mm -hmm. uh, that Living Things album. And uh, I tried to listen, like Apple Music has some of the acapella and instrumental tracks. And I was thinking, oh, these would be really good. And then I realized, oh, they're not like acapella versions of their songs. It's just for remixers, they've stripped out the uh, Chester's vocals and put them on a separate track. So you could do them. And it's that is a very different thing that I was expecting. Yeah, they basically made stems so that people can pull it out and do it on yeah. their own. Yeah, which is great. I mean, God, I'd love it if bands would do that all the time. Yeah. But uh, cool. Yeah, I, you know, just to kind of wrap up, I really enjoyed my my week of uh, going through their library. It was, it, was, um, it was refreshing. It was something I wasn't expecting to enjoy nearly as much as I did. Like I said, I, I've liked these guys, but I kind of drifted away as I got older and found other things. But I was really happy to revisit. And there are things that I've listened to and and... I've kind of rediscovered that I've put back in my phone and when it comes yeah. up on shuffle, I'm not skipping it. Excellent. All right. Well, Hammond, who are we going to do next time? We're going to do the legendary punk band. And I'm not making a joke. The yeah, dead Kennedys. There's no sarcasm in there at all. Yeah. Dead Kennedys. Jello Biafra, who, um, uh, I'm kind of glad we've only got a handful of albums to listen to because as much as I love dead Kennedys and Jello Biafra, I can only do, do, you know, just a little bit of this kind of stuff that, you know, that, that he does in his delivery. But, man, it's um, it's as much about the message as it is about the music for those guys. So it's going to be very interesting to kind of go through their stuff. Yeah, this and, is probably the most politically charged band we've covered ever with yeah, Chumba Woma yeah. coming in maybe a close second. Yeah, which was a huge surprise, right? <laughs> yeah. I know, but no, I mean, uh, Holiday in Cambodia, California, Baralis, Too Drunk to... Nazi uh, punk punks. I mean, yeah. by the way, let's say this now and we'll say it at the beginning of the next episode. Yeah. Uh, language might be an issue in the next one, so tuck in. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to say all those song titles and stuff in the next episode, so uh, don't listen to that one full blast uh, with the kids in the car. Or in your <laughs> office building. Yeah, right. <laughs> Who works in an office anymore, Hammond? Doesn't everybody work from home now? They sure seem like it because I drive them around my lift all damn day long. Don't you people have jobs? Yeah, I went to Costco yesterday, middle of the day. It was still packed. Yeah. I'm like, don't you people yeah. have school, work, jobs? I, I came here on purpose at one o'clock in the afternoon thinking I was going to have the store to myself, but no, there to were still 2,000 people. people. Yeah, still 2,000 yeah. people in there buying vacuum cleaners and TVs. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. spices and toilet it. paper. Right. How is this possible? <laughs> um, anyway, that's it. That's um, uh, the end of this show. Thank you so much for listening. Listen, if you want to get in touch with us, email us, soundographypodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, threads, wherever you want to follow us. Insta. You can follow us on Insta at The Soundography. Uh, everything else you'll find on our website. Those are still a thing. Soundography.com is where you'll find that. Every single episode we've ever released is there. And uh, for every episode, you get show notes that includes a link to our playlist, which you'll find in Spotify, and a link to where you can buy the music from Amazon, like take you directly to Amazon to buy what we recommend as the 
the uh, number one album. So, so we're gonna, I think in this case, it's hybrid theory. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. it's either the compilation or hybrid theory. And I, I'm leaning toward hybrid theory. I would too. Yeah, it's a great place. It It is the place to start. Yeah. Um, for for uh, for all of this. Um, you can also support the show and we'd love it if you did that. Visit us at uh, patreon.com slash soundography. You get all sorts of bonus stuff, fun uh, audio things, and an extra episode every month where Hammond and I take a look at a music forward movie. Uh, of course, if you love what we do here, please leave a review so other people can discover it too. You can leave your reviews wherever you get your podcasts. And Hammond, anything you want to say before we close this out, before the end, and it doesn't really matter uh, <laughs> this episode? Well, I, I did want to throw out there that we are getting close to the end of the season and getting into, you got to listen to this territory. So oh, yeah. there is a Patreon level for you got to listen to this. Uh, and That's you right. give us an album to listen to and you join us for the show and we talk about the album with you as you go through, as we go through it. So That's right. if you got you stuff, can tell you us to, why you made us listen to that yeah. horrible, horrible album. If so, <laughs> if you want to make us listen to, you know, that, that, uh, Oh, don't give them any ideas. What I'm, are you going to tell them? Oh no. What say, are you going to say? I was going to say nuclear assault or biohazard. Then yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> will we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah we we, because we love them. Can, we will contractually obligated uh all right that is gonna do it thank you so much for listening we'll see you next time right here on soundography 